The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Your hosts are Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Gisela. Hello, welcome. This is Ken Roshan, and unfortunately, Gisela Gonzalez is sick, so I'll be hosting the show today. And we have a, a, a special guest, Chandra Stovall, and uh, she is joining us here during a blizzard. Um, she's on the California side, so she's not really joining us physically for the blizzard, but I sure am enjoying this blizzard while uh, we record the show. So you are uh, with Community Inspiring Today's Youth, and tell us about that program. Uh, yeah, well, thank you, Ken. Uh, Community Inspiring Today's Youth is, uh, in essence, my brainchild and passion. Um, in a nutshell, we um, we provide a structured um, micro-entrepreneurship program for Los Angeles youth. Um, we like to use the term underserved um, rather than inner city, um, as our students are usually really very bright and uh, are just ready for an opportunity like this. So it's uh, 46 weeks of direct instruction um, where starting on day one, they're actually starting their very own business that they will own and operate. So um, it's really exciting because by the end of the program, they have everything they need to run uh, either an at-home business or an independent consulting business um, or, you know, um, anything like that. So we kind of just guide them and support them um, and uh, help them make all their own decisions uh, for what would be best for their business. So, yeah, I'm sure you'll learn a lot more about it in the next hour. (laughs) Yes, I will. And uh, that is the idea. And we want our audience to not only learn about it, but support it. So you started this? Yeah, in 2006, um, it's it's really kind of interesting, um, but I had a friend, uh, just like an acquaintance, and he was a um, like a business consultant and coach, and, you know, I was a consultant for youth programs um, throughout Los Angeles County and actually the state of California, the young, you know, how old was I? I don't know, 20-something, and... Uh, I'm still young, but anyway, I was younger. And uh, he said, well, what, you know, what are your long-term goals? And I said, well, I really want to start, you know, my own nonprofit and uh, help kids start their own business. And uh, he said, well, why don't you do it now? 
And I said, now? I said, well, I haven't finished school. I haven't, you know, done this. Don't I have to become an executive somewhere first? You know, and he, he basically said exactly what I said to my kids now. What can you do today to get started? You know, we all know so many people, I'm sure you do and I do, who have wanted, they've had a brilliant idea or a passion, and they've been sitting on it for 30 years. And the days are just going by and the years are going. And, you know, before you know it, you're 50 and your dreams of owning your own business or, you know, developing something is passed you by. And so um, I said, literally, I said, okay, well, I can come up with a name. That's really exciting. He said, yeah, come up with your name. And what can you do now to move it forward? And so I said, well, I'm going to start teaching a jewelry design class. Um, and so I found space on Friday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. in Echo Park, um, which is kind of a underserved area of Los Angeles. Um, and uh, I taught them how to make jewelry, um, basic marketing, um, basic sales techniques, um, how to do their inventory, reinvest in their business. And uh, it took off. We did little uh, farmer's markets, and we even did a huge uh, trade show at the L.A. Convention Center. And our kids made $7,000 in one weekend. Um, it was amazing. So that's at that time, I said, okay, I, I know I'm really on to something. You know, young people totally understand this, uh, this business-minded lifestyle, you know. So 2006, that's how I got going. I was just... Somebody pushed me off the cliff, and it was awesome. I'm glad they did. <laughs> and how old were you then? About 20? No. How old was I? Gosh, oh, 25. There we go. <laughs> 25? Okay. No, yeah, 27. Sorry. My math is bad. I don't teach the math class. Don't worry. I was 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you'd, yeah. uh, you'd had some other youth experiences that really, I guess, uh, got your heart going into the philanthropy and, and being involved with youth development, right? Yeah, I mean, from the age of 16, uh, I mean, one of my first jobs was working with kids. And once I realized that uh, that was an option to do something outside of the classroom, you don't realize that you can work in recreation or, you know, um, you know, other other types of youth programs. And so once I realized that, um, you know, it, it became really clear where I was going to spend, you know, the first part of my adult life. And so um actually taught at Outdoor Science School, Orange County um, Outdoor Science School, which just closed this past year after 40 years of operating. And what we did is we teach um, earth and life sciences out in in the woods to city kids. Um, I did that for three years. And that that experience right after high school is just phenomenal. I mean, I was able to teach without a degree, you know, um, be very responsible and organized. Um, and so by the time I was 21, I was just kind of ahead of the pack um, as far as experience went, you know? So then it just right. kind of steamrolled forward. Yeah. Well, I actually taught uh, introductory, introductory physics and chemistry to eighth graders in uh, inner city schools in the uh, PG County area, which is right outside of DC and uh, nice. different challenge. But uh, I, I, I relate to what you're talking about because my calling was, how do you, how do you help the youth so we have a better future? And, and how do you have an impact in, with kids when you were impacted as a kid? Uh, I had two teachers that if they hadn't been my mentors or believed in me, I, I probably would have been a problematic uh, 
adult. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. So what, what was it about uh, youth? That, it sounds like you needed to do this. It wasn't just uh, like a, a desire. What, what caused that to be a need? Was there, you some, know was there something that happened earlier? Well, it really does come down to the way I was raised. Um, I was fortunate enough to be raised by my grandmother, who um, raised six boys by herself in the 70s. I got to throw in that time period. So in the 70s, okay. you know. So my de- my father being the oldest, um, you know, he kind of um, <laughs> paved the way for all of his younger brothers. And so uh, our family was a little interesting, let's, let's just say. So, um, my grandmother raised me, thank God. And just her example of just caring for other people, um, it was just evident in every, everything we did everywhere we went, you know, could you imagine this 1987, let's say, you know, we finished dinner, she'd put it in a Tupperware and tell me the eight-year-old to go down to the corner and give it to the homeless guy who lived on the bench down there. You know, so, I mean, we would never, yeah. everybody these days, oh, keep my kids away from that man, you know, but she just, she understood we're taking care of him. She didn't talk about it. She didn't say, I'm, See, look at how I do this, Shannon. I'm so amazing. You know, she didn't, it's just what we did it was a part of just how we lived life. And so I just kind of naturally always wanted to be in, I call it the service industry. Um, you know, I wanted to work with you know, people in old folks' homes. I used to run and do, actually go visit old folks every Sunday uh, to get, you know, like I've just always kind of done that kind of stuff. So um, it was just kind of a natural fit. And then working for uh, nonprofits and uh, school districts and state departments of education, I really, I'm very opinionated and I'm really um, kind of, yeah, obviously opinionated, but uh, I just really have strong convictions, especially when it comes to youth. So, so many of these large nonprofits who will remain nameless for a moment, even though I know you know their names, um, I've worked with them as a consultant, and I w- really wasn't happy with the way they approached uh, a lot of these problems for kids. So, that's why I started uh, Community Inspiring Today's Youth, also known as the city, um, because I just knew that they're really... These the kids that we serve. Business is not a conversation around their dinner table. You know, getting maybe maybe colleges now. That's awesome, um, but they don't really realize that they can be masters of their own. You know, destiny and uh, their financial. You know, sus- sustainability in the future. So that's why we started that specific program because there was a need for it. So, yeah. You know, a lot of adults don't even know that they're in charge of their own destiny mm. and that where they are in life, right. they actually they actually put them there, themselves there. Uh, right. We all control our destiny no matter what age we are. So if we're really poor or we're really fat or we're really rich or we're really happy, all that was based on what we were doing to create that. And right. so I, mm. I applaud you on teaching really a life lesson that a, a child gets. And beyond that, you know, a, a kid that... It's good mentorship is going mm-hmm. to turn into someone who's a leader instead of someone who is possibly going to cause a problem in the community. And so you're right. shifting <laughs> two degrees. I mean, it's, I mean, uh, two, two complete steps. You're going from negative to neutral, neutral to positive, because leadership it causes positive waves. And right. uh, I, I applaud you. I, I, I was listening to you <clears> and <throat> saying, wow, Ryan Long really made quite an introduction. And I, I want to 
uh, give a shout out to Ryan because I called him and I yeah. said, hey, I, I, I think this event that's coming up on February 15th, which we'll certainly talk about later, um, I'd like to spotlight you because I, I see that you really are caring about the philanthropy, the foundation aspect of giving back. And he was talking about how the celebrities really get excited about being at this event because they are able to uh, touch the heartstrings and make that difference instead of being attacked by people that just want to right. get those selfies <laughs> and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right. uh, I'm, I'm, I met Ryan at CEO Space only about a month ago, and I'm a faculty member there, and it was interesting, but Greg Reed said, hey, you want to uh, talk to this guy, Ryan? And then Ryan he said, uh, I just introduced myself, Ryan said, hey, do you mind getting a picture of me with Bob Proctor? We're giving him the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. I said, oh, it's yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, I think I so saw I, that picture. <laughs> yeah, and so I photographed that, and that's why we're talking today. <clears throat> I, I always like to start cool. the show off that way, but with the show being, I guess, in the guise that I'm driving through a blizzard, I, I really just want to get <laughs> in the meat of who you are and, and, and delve into a conversation. And it's, it's kind of led me into also share with you, there's probably no better video uh, to me than the, the kid or the homeless person or the old person that's alone. And they have such a beautiful uh, talent or they have a beautiful heart or both. And someone connects with them and you see that come right. out and I'm the, I'm that guy that shares those videos and can't wait to see another one to share because they're so inspiring. Yeah, totally. What do you have any of the uh, videos uh, that you do with these kids to show what you're, what you're doing with them? Cause the, the business part of this is amazing. Yeah. You know what? Um, this, this last year was definitely a whirlwind. It was so awesome, and it was really nice to see. You know, we ran pilot program 2006 to 2009 just out of pocket. You know, we weren't even a recognized nonprofit or anything, uh, you know, or anything. So um, to see the full program, you know, we gained our tax exemption status in uh, 2012, and for us to be able to run the program as we envision it and see the actual outcomes in real businesses, you know, established and started and hopefully thriving or on their way to thriving um, is just something that was just really amazing to be a part of. Um, this year, concluding our program, May 31st, um, we had all of our uh, young entrepreneurs who made it through the program, I need to say who made it because <laughs> as we all know, not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur. So right. this is not a cute little program where we're going to feel good about ourselves and, you know, try to make five bucks. We're really doing it, you know, website development, marketing plan, business plan, the whole nine yards anyway. So May 31st was, kind of their, it was their final presentation day. And the best way to describe it, because everybody knows, is it was kind of like Shark Tank. Okay, so mm. you picture a panel. We had seven executives. Um, we had a city council member from the city of Gardena. Um, we had some CEOs, um, CEO from Black Tree TV. Um, Ryan Long actually sat on the panel as well. We had seven executives sit and judge our students, our students' fast pitch. Um, the, how it was unlike Shark Tank is there was no negotiations. There was no talk of equity. Um, it was really just straight judgment and then a little bit of mentoring involved as well. So we are finalizing that video um, because that is what, I mean, if you can just visually see these students who literally 46 weeks prior didn't have a name for their business, 
let alone a website, a logo, a, a paying customer. They didn't know what a DBA was, an FBN, and, you know, nothing. Now they know it. They have it all. They even have paying customers. Um, it is just something to see. So that was a proud mama day. I felt like a mama bear watching, you know, my kids leave the, leave the cave. And I was just, oh, it was, it was amazing. So that's our video. I'm glad you brought it up because I feel like such a dolt for not having it finished. But, you know, it was such a crazy year when I said it was a whirlwind because I pretty much was everything, as you can imagine. You know how it is, small business. You know, we're a nonprofit, but we, you know, we're all volunteer Um you know, it's not how we hope to be in the future because we want to grow like a business does, you know, but, um, you know, so yeah, we got, it was, it was pretty amazing. And when that video is done, people are going to, it's, yeah, it's great. And then the, uh, people on the panel, just the things that they said to the students and the things they said they liked, you know, and the, there were two of our students that everybody said if they had money, not if they had money, but if they were looking to invest in something that they would invest in those two businesses. There were two of them where they just said straight out that they would they'd put their money down. So that's pretty cool. Well, as you know, this program's called Amplified. So if those two yeah. that were very remarkable need any free PR, I would uh, yeah. apply to I'd apply to help them because every difference I can make actually um, is a tribute to my mom. My mom passed with Alzheimer's in 2008, and the whole reason the involvement oh, came about was because I decided, hey, I don't know what I'm going to uh, be have as an ailment. I don't know what other of my loved ones are going to have as an ailment, but having uh, Alzheimer's take uh, a loved one away is a very cruel disease, and it's also oh, I uh, know, yeah, it, it change it changes who you are, and it also changes who you're going to become because. I was really mm. just a business person and a, a, a rather good one at that, but I, I, it, it felt empty after losing my mom. I said, you know what? I want to do something that actually makes a difference. So yeah. I, I know that most businesses uh, fail. 80% of businesses fail. And then the 20% that quote unquote succeed, there's a degree of whether they're just surviving or succeeding. So when you're doing this right. type of work with these kids, two parts of that is that these kids are increasing their chance of being uh, producers for themselves and, and being independent. And the fact that they're young, they're going to have great habits because you're teaching great habits right out of the gate, but they're going right. to, uh, they're going to change those odds. Like I think you're going to have these kids actually defy the odds in, in a very major way because they've already, they've already been successful through the program and they're going to be successful with the new business that they're starting. So they're going to, they're going to have the, the reason most businesses go out of business is they just don't have a system. They don't have a structure and they're, they're missing marketing aspects. Right. So, all those different aspects that work against them, it's just a matter of time before they fail. So, right. uh, again, hats off to you for not only giving them uh, hope and mentorship, but giving them real tools. Uh, that is a big difference. Yeah, so thank how did you. you. How did you guys get connected with uh, Ryan Long or with City Gala? I'm not, you, I, I, I'll have to apologize in advance because all this is new to me. So some of these questions you may say, well, gosh, that, that's been around for three years. Why don't you read about it? <laughs> So no, well, that's all right. That's all right. Your your listeners don't know. <laughs> that's true. That's so, true. So <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> so you could have hidden behind uh, their, you know, uh, <laughs> innocence, their ignorance. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, when see, I at the end of two thousand and nine, I was still uh, we just closed the pilot program, 
And we'd actually moved to Watts, um, right by the Watts Towers. So um, we closed that program, and I literally, all of my contracts, by the way, because of the financial crash and, you know, everything, every one of my contracts, they got canceled. Every one of them. And I was an independent consultant uh, for numerous, you know, educational institutions throughout L.A. And they they were so sweet. It was definitely not personal. Um, but they couldn't even, you know, they were laying off teachers. They couldn't justify keeping me on contract, you know, at a higher rate. So I was offered positions. It was really sweet uh, for, like, you know, we can't pay this, you know, contract, but we can offer you this little tiny, tiny position. I was like, oh, you know, thank you so much, but no thank you. Um, so I just kind of decided to up and move to Houston, Texas. And uh, nobody, and even people to this day still ask me, why did you really move? <laughs> and what people don't know about me, I'm afraid of nothing. I'm not afraid of change. I'm kind of a gypsy. Um, I'd fallen in love with the South, um, just like the old spirit of it, kind of you know, New Orleans, mostly New Orleans and Louisiana. And so I said, well, this is a great time to try something new, you know, and I'll be a big fish in a little pond in Houston. You know, I am so much more educated and progressive than these people, you know, they're going to just eat me up with a spoon. And so I get out there and I realize that um, Houston doesn't have nearly as much uh, federal or definitely not even state funds allotted for uh, youth programs, and uh, nobody was really impressed with me. So, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it was just, in other words, I really couldn't find too much work out there in my field. You know, they were still doing like daycare programs and stuff. And so the next two years, I uh, spent cocktail waitressing and building the city. So everything that I didn't have prepared before was prepared when I came back. So I came back to LA and uh, not with my tail between my legs. It was a great experience. I really did love Houston and I still do. Um, But when I came back, um, uh, my best friend and colleague said, I need to introduce you to this guy, Ryan. Um, You know, I know him through some events and uh, he came to me and said, Hey, let's do a fundraiser for your organization. She worked as an executive for, another organization. And she said, you know what? We have a $10 million annual budget that we don't even use properly. <laughs> you know, call wow. Chandra. Chandra starting Community Inspiring Today's Youth. This would be perfect. You know, you could really give her the seed funding that she needs. So um, that's how it was born. And uh, I talked to Ryan and he said, listen, I have this vision. I really, you know, I've done big Hollywood parties before and super successful with, you know, P. Diddy and everybody. He, But he basically was saying something's missing. He really wanted to do charity work and philanthropic work. And so um, he said, I, I want to do this big event. We're going to call it Fame and Philanthropy. That's what it was called. It's now called City Gala. And uh, he said, um, and he basically just told me what we were going to do. And I said, all right, let's, let's go. And I jumped in the bus and we went. And um, I have a lot of grant writing experience and things like that, but not too much fundraising experience at all because the programs we always, I always worked for were funded through either grants or state or federal monies. So that was our first fundraiser. 
and uh, it was Oscar night, October 2nd, or sorry, March 2nd uh, of 2014, and it was sickening. <laughs> it was sickening. It was amazing. So. And this, this one is unbelievably huge. I mean, you got Richard Branson as a keynote speaker. Yeah, right. And this is sick, too. This is completely yeah, sick. Yeah, this is sick, too. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I can't wait to be there and capture it because uh, I, I think everyone's going to fall over. I have a lot of my, uh, well, not a lot, but I have some very key uh, leaders that I know that are uh, going to be at this event. So it's going to be really cool that I, I made a difference awesome. with them and that I'm, I'm involved with this. And I, I look forward to being cool. involved with more of the events to support you. Uh, how does social media work for you? How does social media work for us? Yeah, are you using social media? Uh, I, I see with City Gallery it's really going well, but for your youth program, how does, how does it work for you? Does that make a big difference for you? You know what? It doesn't yet, and here's why. We need Now, I've, I'm not a social media guru because I'm not, you know, 22. Um, I'm a little busier, you know, to be on right. social media all day. Um, but I've really tried to... Uh, Actually, one of our needs, I should say. Um, I really tried to bring in a social media intern a few times, and for whatever reason, um, it just they just never understood our goals, kind of. So um, I, it's been on the back burner. I really do try to keep at least our Facebook page, you know, somewhat updated. Pretty good about keeping our website updated. Um, our other social media, yeah, we haven't had. Uh, too much luck. So it's definitely something we need to improve upon. And, uh, well, I, I might be able to help know. you with it. I might be able to change that. Cool. You, you know, a lot of, uh, I help about, give or take, about 200 philanthropy um, organizations with their social media because I tie myself to their events that get them the content. But the main problem, it's not just philanthropy it's, and, or nonprofits. Everybody has this uh, exact problem with their social media. They don't have a sales funnel and they don't have leads coming from their social media because no one knows their social media exists. And so they think because right. they're posting content that they're doing social media, but really until they have engagement, which would be distribution content and also uh, a large enough audience that actually uh, converts some type of uh, either volunteer sponsorship or donor donations or purchases, you're not going to really find your efforts to be worthwhile. And right. I, I think that, I think that that's just it. Uh, I, I, even though we could talk about this off the air, I just want to say on the air that I'm committed to changing that for you because most social media does not work because it's dead. It, it's just a it's just a page that's a secret. And the difference yeah. is, and I think City Gala is actually a great example of something that's alive. You can the the buzz on City Gala. If you go to the page uh, on Facebook, you see that there's a lot of activity on there, a lot of great content. But people are engaged; mm -hmm. they're very engaged in what's happening. So. Um, having that traffic go to your page would make a big difference uh, after the event, before the event, during the event. And I think you'll find that uh, if we work on it together and create a campaign, and, and really it's a social proof viral campaign. It's socially talked about. It's proven that people believe in it. It's viral because right. you have exciting people talking about it. It's a campaign because every event you're doing is showing consistently that your mission is authentic and, and that it's powerful. So, right. I just wanted to let you know when I heard that it wasn't working for you that well, this is just a great time just to tell you I, I will be on your team moving forward if you want cool. and, and, and yeah. help you out as well. as. And I think when you help your uh, your youth uh, get into business and we teach them the social media aspect of it, that also helps their marketing. But those companies right. can actually be, be proof 
of how your uh, how your foundation works and how successful it is at, at creating these uh, businesses and these youth that are actually contributing to the community. So right. we can tie a lot of that together. Yeah, no, so, uh, totally. And I, I want to even, uh, which I we do a little bit, but uh, you know, we're we're dedicated to um, our graduating students and our new young entrepreneurs out there who are now trying to make it work and uh you know having them be a part of you know uh our social media is really important too so we can you know just show you know directly you know connect the dots look here is here's the result and you can go to his page you know and buy t-shirts or you know (laughs) like you know it's yeah, we definitely need to we need to get back on the ball with that for sure. Thank you for any help you those, can offer. <laughs> those two kids you mentioned earlier uh, are, are they uh, are they boys, girls, and how old are they? One one is a young man and one is a young lady. Um, the young lady is I think she is now maybe twenty, um, okay. and her company is called Honeyfuggle. It's the cutest name. She actually was the only one who had the name for her business when she started with us. She said, uh-huh. it's Honeyfuggle, and she does accessories and fan art. So it's kind of like her own line um, or her own comic of Japanimation characters that she developed okay. based around uh, herself and her best friends. And then she makes stickers, bags, buttons, hats, um, and things like that, and does, like, Comic-Cons and uh, shows, like, shows like that. So she makes cards. She's a brilliant artist, and uh, that's Honeyfuggle. Now, uh, her, she was one they said they would invest in, partly because she had samples that she handed out to everybody at the table. Um, you know, we told them all to do that, but she did that and they got to see it. They got to, you know, really just, you know, touch her product and yeah, absolutely. So, um, she was one they said they would invest in. Now, John is arguably our, uh, greatest, you know, uh, Feather in our cap this year for sure. Um, John's story is a little, a little bit longer. I would like to tell you, and I'll probably repeat it at the event. But I guess everybody listening isn't necessarily going to be at the event. Hopefully, um, they, but they John, will <laughs> they will. Oh, okay, cool. They will virtually. Well, I'll be repetitive anyway. Um, so, John, John worked for another, or he actually was part of another youth program that I was uh, working for when I came back to Los Angeles. And uh, we developed an organic farm, and uh, he was one of our farm workers. And he was amazing, okay? Reliable, hardworking, 19 years old, just had a baby at 19. And he just ran our farm stand, and he was wonderful. Technically, even though it was a youth program, he was an employee of the organization. And so at staff meetings and things like that, he would get so many accolades. And he was pretty much a quiet kid, you know, but the executive director and everybody, oh, John is just such a hard worker. Look at him. You ever see him out there in the farm? And I was like, you know what? There is so much more to John than just being a farm worker. <laughs> and right. so we were talking one day and uh, I said, well, John, what's, he, what's your story, dude? You know? And he's like, well, I'm an artist. And I said, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, one day I want to, you know, again, it's that one day, you know, one day I want to um, maybe do my own shirt line. I'm not so sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, his brother, I think, is doing life in prison. You know, he's from a loving, awesome family, you know, who's had, you know, a few challenges, uh, you know, as he's grown up. And uh, I was like, okay, well, listen, I am this close to starting, you know, the program in Torrance. I need you to apply. I created this program for people like you. I said, you have the spirit of an entrepreneur. Like, your dedication for this farm you know, this hard work, let's apply that to your dreams. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. He's, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Months are going by, and our application and interview process is a little rigorous. You need to prove to me that you're ready for this because we're going to invest finances into, you know what I mean? We're going to pay for a lot of your startup costs. So you, right. we're not just going to do that for somebody who thinks it's a fun hobby, you know? So mm-hmm. I was, John skipped all the interviews and everything. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it, you, by God, the first day of the program, he called and said, miss, can I come? Can I come? And I said, John, you're killing me. You didn't do any of my interviews. I said, but you know what? Yeah. If you miss, you can't miss one class though. Cause I just, I knew it was, he was amazing. He was, he absorbed everything he took it so seriously and to make a very long story short not only did he shine speaking publicly in front of that panel of executives okay he's not really a good fluid public speaker okay um but not only did he shine at that point his business plan was rated the highest it was scored the highest by all of them that was phenomenal um not only that but less than 30 days after leaving our program, uh, contrary to my good advice, he opened his own storefront in Long Beach and is, really? I think, almost turning a profit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is- he is. It's amazing. And his, his daughter is his inspiration. He's such a good father. And uh, it's just so great because, again, he... I don't know when he thought it would be a perfect time. You know, I was ready to pluck him out of that farm and have him start building his life because I just knew that he had it. And he is, he's a brilliant designer and his work ethic is phenomenal. So what he does is he does uh, screen printing for outside orders, um, you know, for companies, artists, things like that. And then he also has his own line um, of t-shirts. But, yeah, it's called J Graphics Studio on 4th Street in Long Beach. So it's pretty amazing. And he's going to be at the event. He's going to be at the event. I want him on stage with me to speak. But uh, Oh, pardon me. Sorry about that. Uh, but Ryan um, hasn't answered me if, uh, if we're going to have him on stage yet. So I'm keeping my fingers okay. crossed that we can, yeah. And what's the young lady's name? Her name is Stephanie Guerrero. And John is John Ramirez. Okay. So John and Stephanie uh, at the event, I'm guessing they're going to bring some samples, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I'd like to photograph them with the, uh, I'd like to photograph them. And by the way, we can, uh, we have about 30,000 people on our page that uh, a week that we reach. So it's it's an organic audience, mainly leaders, authors, speakers, basically influential people and a lot of artists and musicians actually. So, uh, and we are probably our sixth, niche is fashion so for what that's worth um nice. we, we can definitely get them some exposure with i think the right eyeballs and, and you know it really comes down to if you test market things with leaders and influencers if they like it then it's still going to be a hit so 
right. I, would, I would love to, I'd love to feature them uh, when I get back, but I'm going to, I'm going to be at the, uh, the port of call tomorrow before I leave. I'm going to give you a contact or two so you can get over any information you need to, to accompany the, the radio show being played with their, okay. uh, with their piece, with their links to their website and their social media. That way we can uh, have the audience and the social media that follows it support this program and those uh, kids. Cool. Uh, the kids That'll be adults. awesome. They're definitely young adults. And yeah. Oh, very totally. impressed. Uh, <laughs> and, and people don't realize when you say uh, he's already almost turning a profit, how huge that is. There's a lot of businesses one right. that never turn a profit. And then some businesses take three to seven years to, I mean, look at Amazon. Amazon knew going into it how big of an endeavor they were taking on. But they, they said, right. you know what, we may not show a profit for seven years, but we're going to be the number one um, retail, online retail experience in the world. Right. Here they are. <laughs> right. It is plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, no, Don is, I mean, he, he really, one thing, he's good at many, many things, but uh, one thing I really like about him is he doesn't underestimate um, the value of really networking and uh, just being out there to get his name out there. You know, he really works on his marketing, um, you know, goes to events and things like that. And there's something about him too. When he stands up and says what he does, people want, they want to hire him. I see it. They, and not just cause he's all, oh, look at this kid, you know, it's so sweet. No, like there's just, you know, that John is a real businessman. Like he's legit. You know, I don't care if he has the big spacer earrings in his ears and, you know, his baseball cap. He is a legitimate businessman, and it's just really nice to see, you know. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, the entrepreneurial spirit is very contagious. I mean, look at the, the kids in the yeah. side of the road selling lemonade. You just can't help but go over and buy the overpriced lemonade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then give them a good tip, you know, before yeah. the cops come and shut down their lemonade stand nowadays. So uh, (laughs) I, I, one of the things I ask people near the end of the program, and uh, because this is a pre-record, we're probably going to have to allow a little more time for the, uh, the advertisement. So we have about 10 minutes or so. I would like to ask you, what are some of the books that have really shaped your life that you recommend? And, and also do you use those same books to inspire the kids that are in the program? You know what? So much of my reading has been youth development based, which is really um, it's a lot of I've read so many different articles and publications and things like that. That took up so many of my years. So I didn't read many books. Um, when I read books, they were literally just for pleasure. Um, so the art of happiness um, by the Dalai Lama is one yep. of mine for sure, because I really just believe in a lot of the philosophies of that religion and just that way of life, even if I'm not Buddhist myself. Like, I just really believe in mastering, you know, one's own mind and behaviors and having full control over your being and where you travel and, you know, uh, you know, how you move just you know, through your life. So that book has really just uh, made a big impact on me. Um, Let's see, what other good books? Yeah, they're all ringing in my ears. Uh, One of my, (laughs) it's kind of a, a, maybe a left field, um, but Killing Rage by Bell Hooks. 
um, is was really insightful for me um, because it was my first look from somebody else's eyes of their American experience. Um, you know, she is an African-American, you know, feminist, um, and uh, I am a Caucasian woman who is, I guess, you know, lean feminist a little bit, <laughs> but it was just really, that book is amazing to really just see how somebody else views, you know, uh, their experience in this country. And uh, even though I couldn't identify with everything, you know, it was impossible for me to identify with it. Um, it really just made me see that things are different for different people. And uh, I want to always make sure I meet them where they are. And I'm, I'm never going to try to convince anybody to come to my side of, you know, the, where I stand, but more or less just kind of meet them in the middle. Um, and I think right. that is valuable in business if we're relating it to this conversation. You know, as you move forward, I mean, you're going to, your customer base, your client base is so, I mean, it's, even though you're going to have a specific demographic, you're, I mean, you really have to meet them where they are. It's not about you. You know, even if you are the artist and even if you are the brilliant mind behind it, you know, you're nothing without that paying customer. So uh, <laughs> I think this understanding, you know, different, different Americans and not different Americans, but, you know, different types of people and their experience in this country is important. So. Yeah. Backgrounds, yeah. cultures, belief systems. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, the, and the person that can, uh, relate to m- more of them is going to be more successful. It's just like a, a person right. bilingual will uh, yeah. have twice the ability or more to relate to people that are coming from all kinds of backgrounds. Right. So, uh, do you have any? Uh, do you, how many kids have actually uh, completed your program? Um, we started five businesses last year. So, um, yeah, not including our pilot program. Uh, which we, I mean, we saw 50 kids. We were making 50 kids, you know, pocket change. That was awesome uh, <laughs> in a little bit right. less structured of an environment. Um, but, yeah, we, we had uh, about 15 enroll and uh, 10 of them dropped out. And I say that. I am very comfortable with that number. Of course, I wish they would have, you know, uh, completed the program. I'd love to say we had 15 instead of 5. Um, but the 10 who dropped out are very bright, very driven, and they're going to be very successful. I really respect them because along the the way, they realized, holy crap, I'm not ready for this right now. <laughs> and that let me know I was doing a very good job of letting them envision what the future really was going to be like for them, you know? Uh, so the, it, it's okay. We're we're uh, in touch. I still support them. They still have ideas. Some of them want to enroll again this year, you know. Uh, so but if you really think about it, um, starting five real businesses that are legally recognized and operating is, I mean, I couldn't be prouder, you know, with what we did, volunteer organization, you know, running three classes per week. Um, it was pretty, Yeah. Five. That's well, my big number. And this year, um, we're definitely going to be enrolling 25. And uh, our goal is to, you know, see all 25 to completion. But if not, then, you know, I'll take 10. <laughs> sure. And, you know, when yeah. you hit uh, 10 or 12 or 15, 
um, businesses that are started, I would uh, encourage you to capture that in, in some type of uh, short, uh, a book that's got contributions from each of the uh, students sharing oh, that's a great the challenges, idea. but also how much it changed their life and how much the program yeah. changed their life because that book becomes your brochure. I've, I've helped publish 40 books, and so this, is, this speaks oh, cool. to me a lot that these kids are, uh, these kids are the story that can be read by others. And you know very well that your first year you did this, you, at the end of it, you go, oh, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that because oh, it right. didn't work or yeah. it could be so much better. So when you, have, uh, when you have kids that are actually authors of their success and, the, and, the, and you have new kids that are reading it, it, it becomes that real belief system that they can do it too. Right. Especially when the story is written from a, this is where I was, and this is where yeah. I am. And it's, it's really yeah, that's crazy. a great idea. Well, I am. We're going to do that, too. Put that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to bring a, a couple of the books that, I, that might be a little bit related to uh, what I'm, I'm speaking of. First of all, contributing authors, but also I, uh, I, I just got a book out today that I've been working on for quite some time. It's called Keep Smiling, Shift Happens. And the, the idea, the premise yeah. is pretty simple, is that no matter where we are in life, no matter how miserable it gets or how alone, if you smile, it, it shifts who you're being, so it attracts a different aspect of what you can get. And it's so, it's true. so, ama- and it's so amazing how many people that smile, you say, what are you smiling about? And they go, I'm alive. And you find out, you know, that they're really smiling because they are so happy about being alive because it was worse. <laughs> you know, like, like right. they were homeless yeah. or something like that. And, and so I've, I've really become inspired by that, that mentality. And uh, yeah. I'm going to gift you one of those books because I just literally came out of the press today. And so when I see you in a cool. week, so I will be giving. And I want to give a, uh, a book to both of them as well. John and what's her name? Stephanie. Stephanie. I'll make sure that I bring two copies, one for each of them as well. Yeah. Um, another thing that I like to, uh, I guess, learn about a leader like yourself is I usually find that there's quotes that they live by. Are there any quotes that... Uh, you share with your kids or that you just find to be almost a mantra? Oh yeah. There's, there, there's two. One is personal. Um, and it's, uh, it's a quote from, uh, it's a Buddhist quote. Uh, it's, uh, Oh, geez, hold on. Uh, let me, <laughs> I know it. It's kind of long. It's not super long. Oh, so long is, uh, Wait. So long as space endures and sentient beings remain, so too may I remain and dispel all the miseries of the world. That's kind of my personal, I okay, feel like so I really was put that. here. So you yeah. have to type that and, and, and send that to us so we can add that to the show uh, social media. That, that's that's, that's yeah. almost too the, much to digest right now. <laughs> I know. The other one is short. The other one is short. It's, um, it's a Bruce Lee quote. And, uh, it's from this, you know, interview he did where he talked about being water, but, um, it's be water, my friend. That's another one, because if you just really, and I've actually done workshops on just this quote on what it means and, you know, leadership and stuff, but water is everything. It's, it's life giving, it's life taking, you know, it's, it's everything and it moves through cracks. It can carve out valleys, you know, it can destroy, it can, it can build up. It's amazing. So that's another one I try to personally live by is be water, my friend. Everything that's you beautiful. do is just be, be a force, 
you know, for good, obviously. I don't want to ever be life-taking, <laughs> but, you know, just be a force all the time. Yeah. Well, to give you an idea yeah. of just how simple a book is, I've only been doing the, uh, the Amplified show since October 6th, and I've already had enough great books and enough great quotes to have probably half a book done already. Just Nice. Leaders all have something in common. They, they have a belief system. And that belief system yeah. carries them. And, and, and it's uncompromising. They, um, I mean, me driving to Florida doesn't make sense to the average person. But me... <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. But see, that's why we were late. But I, I got up and it was still, I was still bothered this morning. And my wife said, well, you know, if you go, it, it could be dangerous. And I said, well, I'm not going to do it if it's dangerous. But if, if it's, if it's going to be just something I can drive past, and it's only a couple hours, I'll be very careful once I get past it. Well, I didn't know it was going to be five hours of driving through ice and rain and everything, but, yeah, but I'm, I'm probably right. within an hour of it. And uh, Good. thank you for talking me through this because this has been a, a quicker part of my, my five-hour uh, blizzard run. <laughs> but, uh, oh, good. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you what is uh, the, the long-term goals for, for the city? Yeah, um, so very. There, there's some things that just clearly fit right in in line with our program even when i tell people about what we do the regular community gets it they see where we're going with it so uh clearly we're going to be developing a jobs program that'll run right alongside of our entrepreneurship program because there are a lot of young motivated amazing young people who are don't ever want to be an entrepreneur and that's awesome too we want to be able to provide opportunities for them to create a, you know, sustainable, you know, future for themselves and their family as well. The clear connection is when we have adequate space and adequate funding is to have a work program. I've developed a few jobs programs already, so we can be ready literally with space and funding. Um, But where our young entrepreneurs, when they're ready, um, to hire, or if we can even help, you know, supplement some of that cost um, for them, they can hire our workers in-house to work for them. For example, John, when he has so many T-shirt orders that he can't do it anymore himself, um, he can come to us and hire one of our students. Maybe we can even offset his cost and pay half of their you know, wage and, uh, you know, give another youth a job. So it's youth training youth and youth mentoring youth. So that's a big part of what we want to do. And then clearly all of our students are creating such amazing products. Um, Everybody is different. You know, they come to me with what their passion is um, or what their skill or talent is. So um, I'd love for us to have a storefront featuring all of our students' uh, products. You know, Honeyfuggle, J Graphics Studio, O Quote Designs, or Images, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, just kind of like a youth powerhouse, like a youth center where we're mm-hmm. not just collecting numbers of kids who come to play basketball, which is awesome. Playing basketball is super cool, but I'd love to have a really just fully functional like just a center where, you know, kids are making money <laughs> and contributing well, to the community and the local economy. Exactly. I have two connections yeah. I want to give you uh, in about a week, but I'll at least drop cool. names and the, and the reason why right now. So Justin Lapizan is the owner of Next Gen Summit. And it's the Next Generation Summit for millennials. And he runs it out of uh, Austin, Texas. He lives in New York. He's okay. uh, spoke 
he, he speaks on, uh, at TEDx. He's uh, already got a book. He's 19 years old, and he is uh, nice. a very forward-thinking man. And he started the Next Gen Summit last year. <laughs> and he, he either kids me or he's being very nice to me. And, uh, and, and he <laughs> said, the reason you're invited to the Next Gen Summit, Ken, is because you're a millennial mindset. Not not because of your age. So uh, <laughs> I was. I think I was the isolated only person with gray hair, and, uh, and oh, okay. I was very proud to be there. But I, I I do the social media for their for their next gen summit, their event, as well as their their like page. So it's oh, awesome. uh, it's something I think that would be a great connection for not just your two graduates right now, but for any of your graduates to know, or even the ones who uh, quit. If those kids are aspiring yeah. entrepreneurs or aspiring to just make a difference in the world. This is what that conversation is. He has about right. 350 millennials that are not one percentile. I'm talking like, I'm talking like probably 10th of a percentile. Like they're really, yeah. they're super sharp kids. These, I mean, a lot yeah. of these kids are, are able to command some pretty sick uh, salaries, or I should say uh, project costs because one, like one of the guys who was on the stage, he charges $30,000 to make a video because he, he can get a million or 2 million views. Um, and he's been on the, the tonight show and all this other stuff. So he, they're, they're very sharp oh, wow. kids and they're, and they're inspiring because you go there and I don't care what age you are, you go there and you say, oh, wow, they're doing all this at their age. I want to, I want to step on my game. And then the second yeah. person that I want to introduce you to, his name is Gore Bolton. Uh, and he started up a company called the Prana tank and, it's, it's like Shark okay. Tank in that um, the concept is you pitch, but the difference of Piranha Tank is it is an on-the-road show. It's a reality show, and it's got a foundation arm to it, and you guys certainly apply to be one of the foundation yeah. arms. Uh, and what it is is it's crowdfunding. So when it's pitched nice. and it's a reality show, it can be crowdfunded right from the audience and obviously live stream. So right. I think that your, your young entrepreneurs – you know, not all of them would uh, be considered if their idea is not unique, but it would be an opportunity for them to, to challenge, be challenged to see how big they want to take their dream or their vision. Right. And I, one thing I noticed about Shark Tank, anytime you have a sample and you give it to a judge, you have got them engaged. And if, obviously, if you've already done your right. homework, you know exactly how to engage them and why they Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so that right. was Absolutely. That pretty cool. Yeah. So, we have That's all kinds awesome. of homework to do after this. After this yeah, show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and a huge event in just a few weeks. <laughs> so tell me more about that event. I, I wanted to. I mean, Ryan Long put us together on this because uh, for those people that are listening, you can come to this event still. This events are on February fifteenth, day after Valentine's Monday, and it's in Los Angeles. And tell tell them about the event, please. Yeah, well, um, it is at the Playboy Mansion, which is now up for sale. So. It could be one of the last big parties at the Playboy Mansion, quite honestly, um, for all we know. So that's kind of a thing. If, you, if you're in L.A., it's totally your bucket list to go to the Playboy Mansion. So you've got to let people know, you know, like, it, this is your opportunity. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's at the Playboy Mansion. Uh, Sir Richard Branson is the keynote, which, I mean, he is the... I mean, he's the Yoda of entrepreneurship yes. for youth. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can think of somebody I'd rather, you know, I can't think of anybody I'd rather have my students, uh, you know, glean from in person. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So um, it's definitely going to be. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And he's so, yeah, it's, you already know. So um, that's really an awesome opportunity. Um, it's, 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's open, you know, bar and catered and things like that, too. So um, it's we're really excited about the platform again. Um, you know, as any business owner knows, small business, including small nonprofits, you know, we just get so busy with day-to-day vacuuming, you know, running copies, going to the post office and teaching, you know, uh, that you you kind of do lose momentum in some other areas. So I'm really excited to take these few months off that we've, you know, been taking off to breathe again and just focus on getting our message out there because we always get such great feedback from people, especially the business community. And uh, so I'm really excited that this event is doing that again for us. It's people are, they want to be a part of our organization and, you know, uh, I need to be, I need to make sure I give people that opportunity too, and not hide in my office and just work all day, you know? So this is good to come out of the the shell, tell people again, and then just really, you know, build our, uh, our greater network. So, um, we're even looking for, to revamp our board of directors. So we're looking for people to sit on our board, um, you know, as the new year gets rolling. So, uh, yeah, it's, we're, we couldn't be more excited about the event. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a party. It's a huge party. Okay. You know. <laughs> so if anyone yeah. wants, so we're going to have to wrap up. We're down to our last minute. So what we want to do is uh, make sure if anyone wants to attend what the, possibly the last party of the Playboy Mansion, message us at the Umbrella Syndicate uh, Facebook page or info at the Umbrella Syndicate.com or go to Amplified Radio on Facebook and message us there. So, Shannon, yeah. I can't wait to see you, meet you, and, and uh, meet your yeah. uh, your protégés. And thank you so much for being on the show. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you so much for having me and for giving uh, us the opportunity to, to tell the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you've been amplified, and we'll see you in a couple weeks to continue the story. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great day. Safe travels. <laughs> Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn and Gisela Gonzalez again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.